Why is it that some people seem to have all of the time in the world to do the things that they want to do, while others struggle with zero time or freedom to truly have a life? Welcome to The Unshackled Life with Aaron Young. We're here to help you take your time back and start thinking about how to work smarter and have more fun. Now, here's your host, Aaron Scott Young. Hey guys, welcome to The Unshackled Life. This is Aaron Young. It's great to be back here with you on Voice America Influencers Network. And, um, you know, it's it's such a blast to, to be part of this unbelievable group of um, real really interesting thought leaders that are all part of the Influencer Network. I'm uh, I'm delighted for my relationships with some of these people and for the uh, the really uh, kind of the cool take we're able to get on the world by focusing in on this channel. So if you like what you're hearing with this show, with, you know, Dan Clark or Greg Reed or any of the other people, um, you know, make sure you're telling your friends, make sure you're inviting them to this new destination and let's get people listening. Let's get some, uh, some change happening. This is a crazy, crazy world we live in and um, anything we can do to sort of up our own personal game is going to make a huge difference in our families, our communities, our businesses and so on. So it's good to be here with you. Um, you know, we're going to be, we're going to be talking with our guests here in just a minute. And as we go through, you may hear some things that are interesting to you, kind of things you go, I, I kind of get what you're saying, or I'm going through something right now. I wonder if these guys can help me. And, you know, when the time comes, we'll let you know when you'll be able to call in the number. If you want to call in and ask any questions about how to become unshackled in your life, how to have the life that you want, the business that you want, the relationships that you want, go ahead and give me a call at 866-472-5795. That's 866-472-5795. Five seven nine five, and let's go ahead and dig deep. Let's go ahead and do it. So, hey, my uh, my guest today is uh, it's it's another ringer. Last week I had my wife on, my fabulous uh, partner for the last thirty years. We've been married thirty years. Michelle was on uh, with me last week, and she'll be a recurring guest on this program, as will my guest today. Now, today my guest is Bill Kelly, uh, William James Kelly, but he goes by Bill Kelly, and. Um, Bill has, has been my my closest buddy, my best friend since we were 14 years old. Um, we're both 53. I can just say it because that's a cool thing. We're 53, but we're coming up on 40 years of um, of being really being best friends. And Bill and I um, we we met as a freshman. We we met in eighth grade, but we weren't really the best of friends. But freshman year, we both went to a a, a magnet school in our city of Portland, Oregon. And um, just, I don't know, our lives kind of just came together in, in an interesting way. He's a musician. He's a piano player. Um, I was a singer, so we did a lot of music stuff. We did radio, and um, I was on air doing things, and Bill was the, the chief engineer and was running the programs, and he's always been better at technical stuff. And we met girls and went on crazy dates and did all kinds of wild stuff as kids. And then um, Bill was always better at school than I was. Um, he was our student body president at that at that high school, Benson High School in Portland, and and um, had good grades. And I kind of was into singing and into radio, and I didn't really pay much attention to grades. And so when it came time to go to university, Bill went off to a major university. I went to junior college, and um, Bill went on and got his four year degree, um, and then went on to an interesting job with Knight Ritter Publishing, and then we decided to go to get an advanced degree and ended up going to Harvard and getting his MBA all while I was um, selling cellular phones and, and uh, other kinds of stuff, building small businesses. Um, 
after the after Bill finished with his uh, MBA at Harvard, he came back to Portland. He wanted to get back close to home, close to family, and and uh, I like to believe that um, he and his wife just couldn't live without being close to Michelle and I. So they came back across the country from Boston, and uh, he worked for a short time in an industry. Do you remember CD-ROMs? I don't know if you guys are old enough to remember CD-ROMs, but they were kind of a transition technology between uh, books and what we're using on the internet now. But um, after just a little while there, he had this idea to start a business on this new thing called the information superhighway. But at that point, I'm going to just, I'm going to bring Bill in. So, so here's my friend, Bill Kelly, founder of a number of interesting companies. We're going to tell some of those stories. Um, currently, uh, the uh, CEO of a uh, company called, or well, he's got a business called RealDX, but he's also running a really interesting new business called AgriCascadia, which he'll get into a little bit. He's a super great guy. Uh, we've, we've been all over the world together, done all kinds of crazy things. I'm really glad to be together now on Voice America Influencer Network. So, Bill, welcome to the Unshackled Life. Well, thank you, Aaron. It's great to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I know you can... Why, thank you, Aaron. It's great to be here. I don't know what I, I gave you a pretty to my best build-up. friend. Yeah, it was, a, it was a nice build-up. Thank you. You can just keep going if you want. I could keep going because there's so many good things to say, but... Uh, in the in in the interest of time, we're going to go fast. So, Bill, so I, I you came to me, um, and I was I, I you'd gone and done everything right, and when you came back out of school, I was working for this um this this Nasdaq public traded company, and you had this idea to start this new business on the information superhighway, which I didn't even know what that really was in nineteen what was it like nineteen ninety five or something? Yeah, we would have been talking about it in ninety five. That's right. And and you wanted to I, I remember you saying we're gonna do set up chat rooms in this um we're gonna set up chat rooms in, in on this thing, the internet or the web or whatever you called it. And um and I said, Well what will you talk about in these chat rooms? And it was like um breast cancer, uh fibromyalgia and like I don't know, rheumatoid arthritis, something really, you know, kind of depressing to think about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't that true? Well, yes. Yes, that's true. And I said, well, how will you make money? And we talked about that for a minute. And then I said, what are you going to call it? And what, what, was the, what was the name you guys had come up with to really tickle the marketplace? <laughs> well, the first name was Sapient Health Network. Sapient Health Network, which you, takes... Everybody needed, knows all about that, right? Sapient Health Network. But it, it ended up catching, you know, you, you figured out a, a path to um, start to make some money and you started growing. And that... Eventually, you merged with um, another couple companies, and you guys went public as as what? As WebMD. WebMD. So if anybody out there listening ever has not felt very well for the day, and then you got online, and you realize you're probably going to die of a dreadful disease or a tumor or something any minute. You I'm found, so sorry. I'm you so found sorry. WebMD. <laughs> <laughs> People always tell me that. Like, oh, what? I, I get that, too. Every time I introduce myself and say, well, you know, I started this company, it ended up being WebMD. Uh, nine times out of ten, people will say, "Oh, great, thanks. You told me I had cancer or something like that." Which, <laughs> which is, <that laughs> well, anyway, but, at the beginning, but uh, it's kind of the way it turned out. Still turned out to be a gigantic brand. I mean, in a, um, yeah. you know, billion, multi-billion-dollar company, and yep. and uh, just in, uh, I just saw a thing recently that said that they were doing. I, I think I got this right: seven hundred fifty million dollars just in ad revenue. Yeah. On WebMD. So it's it's turned out to be a good thing. Now you but you you did your time there and you sold out and started another business called learning.com. 
right? Which is, in many states, is a is a well known commodity because millions of kids a day log in to uh, learning.com. Yeah, a little over five million students currently use learning.com. Yep. Isn't that amazing? That's and that was another little. So Bill's come up with these really cool ideas. Now he's got. Uh, Real DX, which is again, he's he's been out kind of a little ahead of the curve, uh, technology-wise, and but your but your f- people are starting to go. Oh, we could actually do that, right? And so that's starting to grow, and and then you have uh, Agri Cascadia, which is again <laughs> getting out in front of the market, right? Tell yeah, about, hope- tell us tell us about that, and no one's going to judge you. But if anybody wants to call in, uh, you know, not to have a political debate, but if anybody wants to call in, this is an interesting thing that Bill's doing. What are you doing? Sure. Well, so Agri Cascadia is a twenty million dollar private equity fund focused on the cannabis industry in primarily in Oregon and California. Marijuana. Uh, we say cannabis. Marijuana is actually a kind of a pejorative that was started at the beginning of the drug war. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, let's stick with cannabis then. But that's different than hemp, right? Like that they make rope out of. This is actually the, the one that has a lot of interesting chemical effects. <laughs> and a lot of interesting medicinal and wellness effects too. Yes, yeah. yeah. I'm not against it. I'm not against it. I'm just saying, but I, I mean, really guys, cannabis is a, is a gigantic, how big of a market is it not, in the legal market? Forget the black market. Well, it's, projecting? right. The numbers are really interesting. So, uh, the current estimate is that there's about $50 billion a year in illegal uh, transactions in cannabis today. Um, with the legalization that's gone on, both medical and uh, what they call adult use or recreational, uh, they estimate there's about $6 billion in the legal market today. So when when we talk to investors, we we say that you know, there's $44 billion of annual spending that needs to migrate from black market into white market. Um, and then in, when you compare cannabis to, say, alcohol, alcohol is a $178 billion annual industry. Um, and hey, hold, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alcohol is a $170 billion a year industry? 178. 178. Yep. And, and pot in the illegal world is $50 billion. Correct. Another way to look at it is um, that uh, um, uh, what is it? One in let's see, one in seven adult Americans have consumed a cannabis product in the last twelve months. Two in three, over two in three adult Americans have consumed an alcohol product in the last twelve months. So. When, when we talk about our investment thesis, there are two migrations that we care about that are driving growth in this industry. One is from illegal to legal consumption among people who are already consumers of the product. And secondly is, uh, is entry into the uh, legal market of non-consumers. So we're using alcohol as a, as a yardstick for that. Um, and, and we think that there's probably... $120 billion of annual consumption that we can count on over, you know, 30 years. We'll probably grow into that. Um, that's driving the dynamic growth in the industry. It's pretty interesting. Okay, so there's a there's huge opportunity again in this. And what you guys are doing is coming in and funding, uh, you know, labs and, and, and uh, uh, filtering systems and potentially farms and that sort of thing. Is that right? 
That's right. Yeah, we're we're actually looking for uh, proven operators who uh, are are wanting to get into the full uh, fully regulated market and need okay. help getting there. Okay, so here's what I wanted to point out to our listeners: is that you you know you went and and you um, so I like to talk about the stories a little bit. So you you got out of Harvard, and and, and you did other cool things like with student review newspaper and other things that were also interesting forward-looking um uh ventures and then you did you did webmd which was ahead of the curve you did learning.com which was absolutely flat out brand new the primary yep. um internet delivery system of educational content into the k-8 classrooms right yep and and then real dx which was using video uh, uh in a in a new and interesting way in medical and now Agricascadia, which is in this kind of this uh, wild west time in between um, the, you know, absolute uh, criminal, you know, all, <laughs> everything negative about uh, cannabis that could be there to this now this sort of growing, um, at least admission that, you know, a lot of people want this stuff. And, um, and the, so anyway, the point is you keep being out there in the forward and you've had so many interesting um, you've got so many good stories that show that you are smart and that you're a thinker and that you're having success. Um, except for now, I've been with you. <laughs> I've been with you through all of this stuff. Wouldn't you? I mean, from from the beginning of the the newspaper back sophomore yeah. year of college, right? Yeah. Uh, I wasn't part of the newspaper, but but I was. We were talking about it, and I I helped you get a lot of your initial advertising revenue set up and. I mean, yeah. we did some stuff at the very beginning, then you did it. I'm not taking any credit for it, but I, I knew about it all at the time. Uh, you came and talked to me about Web or Sapient. You came and talked to me about learning.com. So I've seen it all. And we've had, I don't know, <laughs> a lot of lunch meetings, right? Lots. Where we've sat there and we've we've wrung our hands and and uh, and talked about you, you tell me your stuff too. It's not a one-way street, Jared. Oh we, no, believe we go no, this is no, this is totally two-way. But everybody yeah. knows that I'm a convict, you know, I'm a felon. I've, I've, Wait, you know, what? yeah, you've been through all that stuff with me too. But the point is, um, but see my, none of my stuff is WebMD. I don't have 5 million kids a day logging on to something that I built, you know? Um, and so what I want to say is that as we, as we're starting, we're, we're, we're kind of down to a couple of minutes before the, our first break, but yep. what I want to do is we go into the next break is talk about the fact that, um, we, we both have these great stories. I can tell stories of starting businesses starting 34 years ago where I had people working for me. We had, uh, we had payroll. We you know, was early in cell phone industry. Um, uh, did, did great at the company that I was a 29-year-old officer of a, of a public company. And all this, I have all these stories. They sound really good. They sound really good. And now here we are on my show, right? We're, you and I are talking and we, and we, and I, you and I can tell all kinds of fun stories of, travel and of, you know, things we've done that all sound glorious. Mm. But those lunch meetings that we've had have been the real, I mean, that's where the, we, we really talked about the real stuff and how it, it doesn't always go right. beautifully. Right. Right. Yes. And, right. and, and so as we go into this, this break, guys, we're going to have, we're going to have a little quick break here. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about some of the things that Bill and I've done, both of us have done that were kind of like really, really stupid things to do, or, 
in in hindsight, they're stupid. We thought we were right. smart at the time, right? But um, stupid things that we've done, and uh, try to just illustrate for you some of the mistakes we've made, so that you don't have to make those mistakes as you try to go out and build your own unshackled life. And that's what we're here talking about on the Voice America Influencer Network. We'll be back with you in just a couple minutes and get ready to call in 866-472-5795. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers channel. Do you believe that being fit is difficult? Do you think it requires turning in your favorite comfort foods for boring chicken and broccoli and spending hours in a gym? It doesn't. Tune into Have It All with Devin Alexander. Devin and her guest experts will show you how you can have it all at any age, from relationships to money to thinking bigger than you've ever imagined. Devin will fast track your goals to yummy reality. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have you ever checked out In the Limelight with Clarissa Burt? You don't know what you're missing. Clarissa has a great circle of friends and influencers. How do you live a model life? Find out when Clarissa puts her amazing guests and engaging topics under the spotlight. We'll talk with the masters from art, science, food, health, finance, beauty, and business. You really can't miss a single show. Join us every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are tuned into The Unshackled Life. To reach the show today, please call in to the program at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to Aaron at AaronScottYoung.com. Now, back to The Unshackled Life. Hey, and we're back on The Unshackled Life. This is Aaron Young. I'm talking with Bill Kelly, one of the founders of WebMD, the uh, founder of, of uh, Learning.com, of RealDX, and AgriCascadia, just all these great um, forward-thinking, head-of-the-curve, very successful uh, businesses that he's been part of, and um, also uh, my closest friend since we were 14 years old. So it's great to be here with, with Bill. And, uh, Bill, we're going to keep doing this. You know, I remember when we talked about um, maybe we should do a podcast, maybe we should do something together Mm. You know, we think, I think you brought it up maybe over lunch or something. I did. Yeah? What, what, why did you think that was such a clever idea? Because uh, it gives us an excuse to talk about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and, there's, and, and there's no bill for the lunch? So There's no bill for the lunch. That's right. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the, depending on the ebb and flow of our lives, uh, there are weeks where we don't get together. And um, so, you know, I value the time. Yeah, it's it's that that is one of the 
It is true. The busier, you know, and the more we travel, the, the less we get to go have those those fun uh, lunches, where it, which are kind of, you guys, everybody talks about having a mastermind and you should put together a mastermind of people that can help you and help you think things through and give you other ideas. But these lunch meetings that I've had with Bill Kelly over the many, many years uh, of our kind of our adult career have been kind of the primary mastermind of my life. And I really, I really have appreciated. So now, Bill, we, when we've, we, I talked about all the good stuff a minute ago, but like, yep. when, when you look back over your career, mm. are there ever times when you thought, you know, because the story looks beautiful t- from the outside. So the sure. question, the question I have for you is, is there any, if we want to help people to avoid mistakes or, or avoid, you know, making stupid decisions, um, what, what, what counsel can you give them or what story can you share that of a time when I'm just, I'm not asking you to do a full inventory of the skeletons in your yeah. closet. I'm just saying, what, what are yeah. some things that come to mind? Well, uh, it's a great question. And before we get to that, I wanted to uh, say something that came to mind when you were doing the introduction. And that is that I have been lucky enough to be involved in a lot of uh, really interesting things. And I certainly, you know, I claim, I claim a good bit of credit for some of the successes but um, I, I think this goes along with, with the philosophy of the unshackled life and the unshackled owner that you are working on, which is the, the successes all have to do uh, in large part with really successful teams. It's not, it's not like it's me sitting around thinking up great ideas and boom, they, they kind of pop out of my head like Athena from the head of Zeus. It's, it's a lot of hard work with uh, picking uh, really good team members who can contribute to it. I was thinking about this the other day, uh, that, that if, if you can trace back uh, an idea that worked to a very specific person, it's probably not that great of an idea. All of the great ideas that I've been involved with, there's just no way to trace back, oh, this was definitely Bill's idea, or this was definitely you know, Barclay's idea or Jim's idea or any of the other people that I've worked with. Um, and, and it's a hallmark of a great team that nobody really cares who I, whose idea it was. What everybody cares about is execution and success. So Absolutely. absolutely. I completely agree. You, you cannot, by definition, you can't be, well, first of all, I love what you're saying because you're talking about the genesis, right? You're talking about yep. where something came from. Well, the genesis and the ongoing management, the, the success is not made up of, a really good idea that we all just run off and, and execute on. Uh, success is made up of a good enough idea to get us to the next step where we evaluate, we adjust, we pivot, and then we go execute again, and then you repeat, repeat, repeat. Um, uh, the, the WebMD idea, for example, uh, didn't come from all of a sudden saying, hey, everybody's going to be looking for health information online. And we should structure it like this. We went through multiple efforts to try and figure out how to engage people and what kind of content would be would be valuable and how people wanted to interact with each other. And man, it took a lot of iterations. Uh, some of these things that seem so obvious today uh, take enormous struggle to to work through. So when you talk about when you talk well, about but before you before you make the point, but the, the sure. reason just to just to go a little further on that, the yep. reason is because there was no context for it at the time. That's correct, right? That's I mean, nobody else had ever done anything like WebMD, right? Isn't that true? Right. Yeah. So I mean, how could 
the well, best you're, you're it's sort of like uh, it's like Steve Jobs with saying we're going to put a thousand songs in your pocket. Nobody could comprehend that. Yeah, well, even see, Jobs didn't even come up with that idea. I mean, there there was there were devices, there were MP3 devices, all the way back in like 1999, that had a ton of Storage. music in your pocket. Yeah, the the innovation that Apple came up with in that particular instance was a a very easy way to maintain it, and b an entire ecosystem of content that you could tap into. So they went out and did the hard work of making all the arrangements with the record producers and the and the labels so that they could have digital music uh, available in, in their ecosystem. Th- those are the big innovations there. <clears throat> but, but I, and I think that that's, I mean, WebMD, were, were people talking about healthcare, health information online before Sapient Health Network or WebMD came along? Of course they were, yes. Um, were they doing it in a scaled way where people could find ready answers that were reliable and find an entire community of people that could support them? No, that didn't really exist. Right, so those were the innovations that we brought to the market. But but the team, you're you're right. But the team, by definition, if you want to become an unshackled owner, mm. you have to have a team. If you're if you're a solopreneur, if you're if everything's reliant upon you, yeah. Then by definition, you can't be unshackled. Well, and not only that, you're not going to get to where you where you want to be. It's just not going to happen. No single person can have all the ideas or respond to all the inputs. It's impossible. Uh, I mean, Edison didn't invent all that stuff by himself. No, no that's no. Are you no, serious about I'm Walt serious. Disney? Walt Disney didn't. Yeah, Walt Disney did it, but he well, he probably did. I'm he kidding. Was, he didn't. He Henry built Ford. an entire company on it. Right. Yeah. All I mean, Henry right. Ford. Everybody thought Henry Ford was too stupid to to be as successful as he was. Right. They didn't think he had the depth. Right. So much they took him to court to battle over. So you're right. It's always a team, and I think it's a great point. And you guys, as you're listening, I mean, certainly. You're, you're going to have to build great teams because you can't possibly know all the stuff that you need to know to to execute on a significant idea. You, and you can't um, – the more you operate in a vacuum, the less successful you're going to be. So, I, I, yeah, I totally agree with you on that. So, right. so with all that team and with all those great insights and with all that, um, mm-hmm. you know, that positive input, what you're saying is by putting together a great team, you never have a mistake. No, by putting together a great team, you give yourself a better chance of succeeding and you give yourself people who will support you if you need to go, you know, do something else or take a break or take a vacation or whatever. So the team is vitally important. The team, nothing is going to prevent you from making mistakes. Um, And and, and what I was going to get to before is that if you think that the game is played by avoiding mistakes then you just don't understand the game. The game is played by making your best guess on the next step. And when you get it right, that's great. And when you don't get it right, learn what you can and and course correct. But you're never going to avoid those mistakes. In fact, you don't want to avoid the mistakes because if you've never made a mistake in the development of a product or the growth of a business, then you haven't been pushing the edges of of what's possible with your business or your product. Well, you haven't even uh, gone very far. Right. I mean, you, you can make mistakes, something as simple as, e- you know, <laughs> what's the name of the business or how are we sure. going to engage or, or even what kind of corporation or LLC or what, you know, how should we be set up? There's constant opportunity for mistakes. Yep. So you're saying, you're saying just get, get the best information you can and, um, 
and then make, you know, it's best. How many times have you thought, Bill, if people, if my employees understood how much I'm just making this stuff up as I go, they uh-huh. would lose, they would lose faith. No, I've never had that thought. Not once. Okay, good. Well, I'm maybe just it's kidding. just me. Maybe I, it's I, I haven't gone through a day without having that thought. Um, yeah, and, and, and I mean, what seems like magic or what seems like utter genius um, is, is really just having the wrong perspective on what's going on. Because what's going on is there's information, there are arguments, there are decisions made, there are mistakes made. And, um, and the, the, su- the successful ones are not the ones that avoided mistakes. The successful ones are the ones that have plowed through, learned what they can, course corrected, and applied all that knowledge in the next thing. So, uh, so give me an example. Give, give okay, me an example sure. of a time that you, you thought you were making a good choice. There was ample reason to believe you know, you'd, you'd done your due diligence, and then it just didn't work. And then what did you learn from that? Oh, man, there's so many examples. Um, Just grab one. Just grab some example. Sure. So at learning.com, we – so our our first product market was this thing called EasyTech, which teaches computer technology literacy to students in grades K through 8. It's a really important issue, uh, an issue that is not uh, broadly addressed and an issue where there are wide gaps in – based on socioeconomics – well, and and can I just say how how are you going to teach a kid to use a keyboard or a mouse from reading a textbook? Right, exactly. You just can't do it. So, so you right. guys were able to do it yep. by using computers. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, so we we had the business up and running, and we were looking for ways to uh, to expand what we were doing. And um, one thing came to us out of the blue, uh, which is uh, a U.S. company had a subsidiary in the United Kingdom that they, uh, they wanted to uh, get rid of. I mean, that's a negative way to say it. They wanted, they wanted to, to sell find, the company. They wanted to find a new owner for this, uh, for this little company in the UK. And, um, and we met with them and they, the, the company, the UK company got excited about what we were doing. They saw a lot of applicability in their local market. And uh, one thing led to another and we ended up uh, we ended up buying that company. Uh, and so I made several trips over to England. I um, attended conferences over there. I worked hard to try and get them up and running uh, with our product line. They did a localization of our EasyTech product. And, um, you know, from a certain standpoint, everything seemed to be going just fine. Um, the... The, the problem, though, was that there are significant differences in the way education purchasing happens in the U.S. versus the U.K. And, um, and not only that, but there are all kinds of differences in the way uh, you have to manage employees and the way you interface with regulatory agencies and all that. There's just a, there, were, there were so many things that we didn't know about running an operation in the UK. Because it's just England, right? I mean, how different yeah. can it be from here? It's the same language. For it's not like you're, well, but I'm saying it's not like you're going into China or you're going into, you know, Nairobi or something. Or Nairobi is a city, but um, <laughs> you're, but you're going into, into uh, Ghana, right? Yeah. You're, you're going into England. I mean, how much more similar would yeah. we think it should be? Yeah, yeah. And the problem is that I, I mean, and this is this is a this is a lesson that keeps getting 
reiterated to me again and again in business, which is you better have a really deep understanding of who buys, why, and where that money comes from. Mm. Uh, otherwise, you're just you're going to be flailing around. And that's what we ended up doing in the UK is flailing around. We didn't really, we weren't really big enough to afford the, the amount of resource that we should have applied in order to make that successful. Um, we thought it could be a pretty seamless uh, kind of transition from the US to the UK. We put the effort into localizing the product. So, um, you know, so all you, you had every reason to believe it would work. Yep, yep, yep. But it but, didn't. But it didn't. But it didn't. Right. So but, well, hold on. But you said something a minute ago that I hope everybody will use as the, the big takeaway. So so Bill ended up, you know, let's say uh, he got a lot of experience, but it cost their business uh, at least hundreds of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> at least maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars. I don't know. How, I don't know. How Probably big hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Yes. But but you learned here's but I love what you just said, because, oh, my gosh, I see this all the time. You said. Who, who is the customer? Who is the buyer? Right? And especially when you're dealing with government, who's the buyer? But in, in, in any case, who's the buyer and where's the money coming from? Right? And why are they buying? You know, what's what, their motivation? What, what what's compelling them to purpose. buy your thing? Yeah. Because you're not selling, most of us are not selling um, Tic Tacs at the cash register, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we, we've got something that we think is brilliant but it's, uh, you know, we're so close to it, we think it's brilliant. But a lot of other people have to understand why it applies to them, what, why it matters to them, how it's going to change their life. And a lot of times the person who's tasked with kind of checking it out, kind of doing the research, and they're reporting back to somebody up the ladder from them who may be reporting to somebody up the ladder from them. And you think you're really satisfying that person that's querying you, but you, you don't really understand the motivation behind the boss further up the road who's, who's wants something done. But I watched you really learn that lesson beautifully with um, learning.com. You guys, you guys got really good domestically figuring out who, what's the motivation? Is there some, is there some thing that's been dictated by the local, you know, Congress assembly of that right. state? Is there some, and, and, and can I, can yeah, I say ahead, something about ahead. that just yeah, real yeah. quick? Because I know we need to head into a break here. But but um, it's not enough for the product to be cool or for the, you know, it's there's got to there's something beyond just the aesthetics or the the wouldn't the world be great if argument about the products that we sell. There's got to be a need that's solved in the marketplace, and that's one of the hardest things for people to figure out. Yeah, it's um, you guys, as you go out there and you're coming up with your idea of here's what we want to do in our in our business, just remember that, that just because you think it's great or your mom and dad think it's really cool or, or people out at a cocktail party go, oh, what a clever idea. Make sure you go out and find somebody who doesn't have any any um, investment in you, who doesn't have um, some some reason to make you feel good. Because we want to make sure that there's really a desire to have your stuff. Because that's what I see. Almost every business I see that flails around and fails is, um, is doing it because they, um, they didn't go out and get good research. They didn't really find out, is there really a need for this? And does, is anybody going to care? And consequently, 
<laughs> Consequently, they just they burn through their savings, they burn through their their credit cards that they've maxed out, and they they end up crashing and burning because they thought somebody wanted it, but you know they really didn't. So that's the first lesson. We're going to come back in just a minute. We're going to answer some of these questions. You're so and, inspiring, um, Aaron. Uh, is that don't you love that? <laughs> don't you love that? Anyway, we're going to go to break, and we're going to um, we're going to come back in a minute. We're going to talk about a few more things. With Bill, and we're going to talk about how we can make a huge difference in uh, in magnifying all the successes and the failures of our life here on the Unshackled Life on the Voice America Radio Network. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. If you're looking to grow your business, enjoy fascinating relationships, achieve your goals, and find hope in a seemingly hopeless world, you'll want to tune into Coffee with Christy. Host Christy Dryling and her incredible guests have a frank and open discussion every week. Think of it as a time to meet with your mentors, get the motivation you need, and remove the obstacles one hour at a time. Coffee with Christy is heard live every Monday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Influencers. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Hear the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. You are tuned into The Unshackled Life. To reach the show today, please call in to the program at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to Aaron at AaronScottYoung.com. Now, back to The Unshackled Life. Yeah, it's good to be back here having talk about The Unshackled Life. Actually, what we've been talking about mostly in this hour is... Um, some of the challenges, some of the struggles that uh, go along with with uh, starting a business. And I, I even said this this was going to be about how to survive a startup. And Bill and I both have talked about how we've made lots of mistakes here. We're with Bill Kelly, uh, the uh, chairman of AgriCascadia. Bill, is it chairman or are you manager what, what, of AgriCascadia? I'm the managing partner of AgriCascadia. Managing partner of a, of a $20 million investment fund that uh, is in the cannabis industry. Uh, he's he's founder one of the founders of WebMD, founder of Learning.com, and and has done all kinds of interesting things. Uh, as a matter of fact, Bill, it was because I was visiting Bill Kelly um, one day as he was getting this newspaper idea that he had off the ground back sophomore year of college. That's at, at that 
meeting that I, I attended, I saw this cute brunette girl there, and I said, "Ooh, I like her." And um, with some, with quite a lot of actually of, of effort on my part, I finally got her to talk to me, and you know, I married her. And 30 years later, uh, it's still going strong. Bill was my best man; I was his best man. Uh, our weddings and um, our kids. We both have uh, three boys and a girl. Uh, we own property together. We've traveled all around places in the world together, and and um, just my my closest friend. I, I would say our our family's bill is it fair to say it's it's like family. It's not like um, just yeah. friends. Just no, we've adopted each other. Yeah, yeah, we 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 love we love this relationship. But the cool thing about it, guys, is that um, it's it's easy to keep relationships over time. But unless there's something that's been that's really um, kind of growing and, and you're evolving together, it's hard to keep it fresh. You're always looking backwards. You're not looking forward so much. And it's been fun that as Bill and I have, have pursued quite different um, uh, paths to entrepreneurial success, still we've kind of been able to go kind of along with each other and understand what the other one's going through. And it's, it's kept that relationship fresh for all these nearly 40 years. So, Bill, we talked a lot about negative stuff and challenges and, you know, things that didn't work for us. I mean, I could talk about what was called Nobis travel, but uh, we ended up calling it no biz travel because there was just nobody was buying anything. And we lost hundreds of thousands of dollars on that program. You talked about your Canadian or your uh, British company that you bought. But we have seen a lot. We have, we have uh, managed to fail our way forward. Uh, do you think that's a fair statement? That is a fair statement. Yes. <laughs> so, what are some fun things? Like, what are some what are some things you've really learned? That um, you talked about team before, and about how there is no one person that comes with all you know that makes all the magic happen. It's always a team. What are some other things that you've learned from your career that we could share with people if they're trying to figure out how to build a business, how to build? Um, let's stick with business, and I, we could talk about relationships too. But let's talk about how can they build a business that starts to transcend the founder, transcend that, that, you know, you, you, or you and Barkley or you and Jim Keen or whatever, you guys kind of started these things together. Um, but how, do, how does the business start to transcend you? Uh, yeah, that's a, re- that is a really good question. So, um, um, you mean to fill for a minute while you think about it? I mean, is this if this is a challenge? It's, it's for some reason that's a hard question to wrap my head around. How uh, do you know when? To, how do you know when to bring in the first person, and how do you determine who that first employee ought to be? Right. Um, I, I think really it, it starts from having a clear sense of what problem you're trying to solve. Uh, so really, businesses are about cre- uh, marshaling resources around solving a specific problem in the marketplace that people will pay you for. So if you understand what that problem is and you've got a clear sense of how to solve it with some piece of technology or a way to, to provide service or a way to scale up something, uh, that, that's a good place to start. We were kind of talking about that before the break about understanding who's your customer, why are they buying your product, how are they Funding it. That those are kind of three very important fundamental questions you got to answer. Yeah, um, I always I always talk about you want to find an underserved market. Yeah. And that that is affluent enough to buy your product. Yeah. Uh, yes. It doesn't have to be rich, but I mean, if you're buying cigarettes or you're buying gum, you still have to be able to afford to do it. So how do you find an underserved, affluent market that will that cares yeah. about what you're doing? Yeah. Anyway, keep going. 
Right, right. Well, so and along those lines, I, in business school, there was a, we had a great professor second year, a guy named Bill Salmon, uh, who's an expert in entrepreneurial finance. And he had a ton of kids and kind of students in his class the second year. Um, and, and he stopped one day and just uh, abandoned the, the, the case that we were going to study that day and told us uh, some advice about, uh, about becoming an entrepreneur. And it, it really has stuck with me. It's very important advice. And, and I won't go through the whole litany of things that he said, but the crux of it was this, that the, the, really the only way to uh, put yourself in a position to succeed in a new business is to really deeply understand an industry. Um, he, he suggested that if we wanted to be in a startup company, go find an industry that you care about, get a job in that industry and learn everything you can about that industry. You will learn uh, you know, where the product opportunities are. You will learn who the suppliers and who the key um, customers are. You will learn who the people are that you can trust and that you like to work with. Uh, and and really, that's what I did. When I came back from business school, back to my hometown in Portland, I got a job in in what was then the new media, CD-ROM publishing, because I wanted to understand how technology impacted uh, content companies and how to build value in, in that kind of realm. So if you do that and you're patient and you work hard and you're observant, you're going to come up with an idea that will apply um, uh, in an, an, a new product area, you know? And, 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 and so it's starting with that knowledge base and confidence that you've got a solution to a problem in the marketplace that you can scale. And, and once you're there, then, uh, you know, if you have a philosophy that says, uh, this isn't about me, this is about the success of the enterprise, um, then you can start to look out and see people who can be helpful to you. Uh, I, I see a lot of entrepreneurs who think that their job is to have every idea to do every job until they find somebody to replace them in the job. And that's just kind of the wrong way to go about it. What you need to do is have a clear product vision and a clear path to getting your first revenue going. And, and then you'll realize, well, I'm a pretty good product guy, but I'm not a great salesperson. So I need somebody who can help me on the sales side. Or sure. You're a big soccer fan, right? You like the Portland Timbers. You, you're season I, I do. Older. Yes. So yes. does the does the team stay static every year? No. So but they but the positions on the team more or less are static, right? For the most part, yeah. They yeah, change I mean, slightly with strategy, but yeah. But you, yeah, but you need so guys when you're when you're going out to do something, it's really a good idea to design it on paper first and say what roles will need to be filled, what tasks will need to be done in order to get to our our intended outcome. And then then you have to start to prioritize which one are we good at? When, what am I good at? And what do I suck at? And where should I be? Where do I need to bring somebody in who, I like well, the expression, who plays at what I have to work at? Yeah. So you start to augment your strengths with people who have um, complementary strengths. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. And then, um, uh, shoot, there was a thought there that you kept talking too long and I forgot the thought. That's, that's always my strategy. That happens is to, all the is time. to confuse you and to. Oh, and to, so okay. so the, the other thing that I see people do all the time is think that they uh, they have to be the smartest person on the team, and that that's not accurate either. The role of a founder or a CEO is not to be 
the smartest person, the, the role or the best at any particular job in the company. The, the role of the founder and the CEO is to is to articulate the vision, to marshal the resources, to show the way, and to allow people to do what they're best at. What you should be hiring for in these specialized positions, marketing, sales, product development, technology roles, support roles, finance roles, you should be hiring people who are really good at those things. If you hire somebody who's about as good as you are at the thing you're hiring them for, you're hiring wrong. If you mm. sit in if you sit at a staff meeting and look around the table and go, wow, I'm, I'm the best at every one of these jobs that I've hired for, then either you are a narcissistic egotist who doesn't understand or you've completely hired wrong. Right? When you get your team assembled, you should look around and go, I am the dumbest guy in the room right now. If you talk about marketing, it's not me. If you talk about sales, it's not me. If you talk about technology, not me. Product so the so the so the cool thing is if you I'm sorry to jump in but let me just let's stick on yeah. this for one second yeah. uh, because yeah it's exactly right I mean your job really and I want to reiterate what you said because I couldn't agree more the job of the of the of the chairman see I'm a big believer in in building a business that where you don't have to be there all the time and you know for good or ill that's my belief that's why I call this unshackled and and you know that that. That's really the role I have, right, with Laughlin Associates is I don't have to be there all the time. Mm-hmm. And But the only way you can do that is if people are constantly coming at you with these great <laughs> ideas that maybe you don't fully understand. And once you do, you say, well, does that take us toward the goal or away from the goal? And really, that's the job of the chairman. Are we moving towards the goal or are we going to make a fatal mistake? Or are we going to go waste time on shiny object syndrome? Right. I mean, is that is that is that a simplified way of what you were just saying? I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and, and and I think behind all that, there's got to be there. There's a there's a confidence or a character uh, issue involved in trusting other people and believing that other people um, can can get the vision and can add to that vision and can do their jobs in the context that you've provided. A lot of people that I see fail are people who just can't get out of their own way or can't get out of other people's ways because they don't trust that there are people who can do the job. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, it's exactly right. It's, it's exactly right. We've just got about a minute left to go here, Bill. The, the, um, so I, I love everything you're saying is right. Now, folks, this is why Bill and I are going to be coming on and talking about this. And I hope you'll tell your friends and invite them to come listen to the show. If you listen to it live and you're going, you know, I'd really like to talk to some people who've actually rung the bell more than one time, who've actually been able to start multiple companies and grow them into multi-million dollar uh, enterprises and who continue to to push themselves, which I, I think it's fair to say, Bill, and I continue to do that. So we're going to we're gonna be able to come back and talk to you. You can call in, you can ask questions, or just tell your friends and listen and, and try to get as much as you can. Bill, any parting wisdom you want to give before we begin to wrap the program up for the day? Um, yeah. One last thing uh, that I've been thinking about is how, how important it is to have uh, like face-to-face on the ground mentors. Uh, having somebody that you can turn to who will give you a straight answer on team dynamics or product strategy or how to finance your company or whatever 
is incredibly valuable. I mean, listening to you on the radio or whatever is great, and, and that has a place, but there's nothing quite like being able to call somebody up and saying, hey, I need to have a lunch with you. I need to discuss these three things and, and have somebody who has been through it and understands it and cares about you uh, to, to give you advice on those things. That's yeah, I- Really, really valuable. Great advice. Guys, you're going to meet Bill Kelly over and over again on the program here. Um, And so, Bill, thanks for being here today. I always appreciate it. Guys, I want you to go out. Go um, If you want to get more information, if you want to go deeper on any of these topics, first of all, go over to AaronScottYoung.com, AaronScottYoung.com. Download my uh, copy, a free copy of what's called the Freedom Formula, the exact steps, the exact formula I've used over and over again to build companies. Um, go on there. If you want to go over to um, iTunes or Stitcher and look at the Unshackled Owner podcast, there's tons of good information there. And join us here every week, every Monday at one o'clock Pacific, four o'clock Eastern for the Unshackled Life. It'll be Bill, it'll be Michelle, it'll be me and other great guests that we're going to bring on. And we're going to be trying to give you all the tools that we can marshal for your benefit so you can go out and build the life you want, the life you love, the wealth that you need to live up, the to do the things you want to do. We call it the Unshackled Life, and we're talking about it right here on Voice America on the Influencer Network. This is Aaron Young, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in this week to The Unshackled Life. Be sure to join the unshackled owner, Aaron Scott Young, again next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have a great week.